0: Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast,
1: a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. Thank you so much for joining Michigan Minds. Very excited to hear from you today. Can you please start by introducing yourself?
0: Hi, sure. My name is Maggie Hicken, and I'm a research associate professor at the um, Institute for Social Research. So, I study um, racial health inequities, of the focus, particularly on Black Americans and the inequities between Black and white Americans. And the reason why I focus on health is um, it's just a very sensitive marker. to to social and political and economic inequities. And so I make these comparisons to study the power differentials between these groups. So I focus on the concept of cultural and structural racism and then how how that then plays out in these health inequities. So what I mean by cultural and structural racism and its relation to health and health inequities. So a society's culture can be broadly, very broadly defined as its values and its belief systems and its normative social mores and its behaviors—it's—it's it's how a society functions, and it's almost like it's invisible when when you're when you are born and grow up in a society, they just become part of who you understand or what you understand the society to be. Um, so cultural racism then is viewed as a culture that has a racialized or racially hierarchical, it puts races in a hierarchy, these racially hierarchical values and belief systems woven into the society so that some social values are considered valuable and others are not. And it's usually then through a, this dominant white lens. So in a society's culture, then it becomes the natural that if you can think of like an American society that we that work is so important and um we define so many things through work health insurance comes through work but that's not the way it is in all societies also you know we prioritize american society may prioritize you know other certain certain things like um medicine and individual freedom and individual responsibility over other things and not every society views um, views their culture or has their culture like that Then what I mean by structural racism then, structural racism is the network, this interwoven network of all of our institutions, our media, our education, labor, all of the institutions that support a society. But the structural racism then is drawn from the cultural racism, this idea of who is more important, who is more worthy of their life, who is more American than others. And so we then de- we design our structure, our institutions. We develop our policies that actually then um, reflect this underlying culture of who we think is important. So we set up an educational system that is segregated um, because we value certain people over other people, and we we set up you know a labor system same way because we value certain people over others.
1: And so that's what I kind of mean by by cultural and structural racism. You also direct the Racism Lab at U of M. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, Racism Lab is actually a Rackham interdisciplinary work group. So Rackham has
0: multiple interdisciplinary work groups and Racism Lab is one of them. And it's a research, it's an interdisciplinary research collective. So it's not my lab, we just call it Racism Lab for short, but it's a research collective of um, doctoral students and postdoctoral fellows who all study racism through a critical lens and what i mean by critical lens is that they study racism through the ideas of cultural and structural racism like i had just mentioned and that um and that we center those ideas that are often marginalized you know these ideas about racism that are marginalized so it every you know so we have you know maybe 20 uh, members every year, and um, we get together every week. And the the point, the purpose of Racism Lab is really about professional development and research development of junior scholars who study racism, and um, and so we we provide writing space, you know, dedicated writing time. We provide um, feedback on everything from you know research ideas, even in the just the basic idea state all the way to job talk, and then also provide opportunities for networking with scholars from around the country. But it's really about providing junior scholars who study racism through this critical race lens um, with the opportunity to help get them through their dissertation and postdoctoral process.
1: What led you into this role?
0: So that's a great question. So I was conducting a study on um, the idea of vigilance. Um, and I can talk about that as well, but, it's, um, but I was doing this study on the biology of what I think is this coping mechanism that um, black men and women use in the face of cultural racism in a culturally racist society. And so I was doing this lab study and one of the participants um, after we were debriefing um, after the study, after her participation was over, we were kind of debriefing about what the study was about, and she was a doctoral student in psychology and was actually considering leaving the doctoral program because she had had such, um, such difficulty in doing the research that she wanted to do. So we set up an appointment, we talked later more, and she said that um, actually her experience of being talked out of the research that she wanted to do into other more academically acceptable research, that, that that is an experience of many black and brown students at the University of Michigan. and She wanted to develop a group together exactly for this. And so that's how it came about so it needed, we applied to Rackham. She was a doctoral student and I was the faculty director and that was in um, 2014, 2015 that we applied for that. And we got this initial small seed money. And then the survey research center at where I am faculty um, has funded this symposium ever since then, this annual symposium, which is one of the activities that we do um, they have provided significant funding for to help support Racism Lab every year.
1: So what is something that you are really proud of that has come from the Racism Lab?
0: I think, um, so I'm proud of a lot uh, from Racism Lab, but I think the thing that I am probably most proud of is that the scholars come in and they end up doing a strong fully flushed out rigorous research project based on what they came in to do so they were not they came in to their respective doctoral programs brilliant in their ideas drawing from their own experiences and drawing from the experiences of their networks and they they come to they come to understand the world in a certain way and they have these really innovative questions and what often happens is that as they go through the dissertation process they get talked out of these brilliant ideas but i think that what i'm most proud of is that the students then go on they develop these amazing rigorous innovative research projects that they came in determined to do in the first place and that was the purpose of racism lab is to really facilitate rigorous innovative research that they that they wanted to do in the first place
1: Who can participate in Racism Labs meetings and initiatives, and where can people find out more information?
0: So our weekly meetings um, are, you know, so we have a a core group of Racism Lab members, and those are people who um, attend every week, and they are part of this core group. Um, We've actually, you know, have gotten to know each other very well, and we are kind of, we attend every week. We have... um, We have writing meetings every week, and then we also have everybody takes turns presenting and getting critical feedback on their work. And so those are a small group of people who commit to attending every week um, and really being part of this core group. Then we do put on a symposium on the study of race and racism every year in February as part of the University of Michigan MLK Symposium, and anybody can participate in that, and definitely anybody can attend that, but also if there are other people who would like help to help plan the meeting and execute, then we open up to, you know, to many people
1: um, with regard to that. So why is it important to have this space at U of M? So I have learned that it is important,
0: um, especially from the feedback that I've gotten from the students, because all research is subjective. And I think that that's actually a controversial statement to make because many, especially quantitative scholars, um, will argue that there is such a thing as objective research. But I disagree. I think that research, what questions we decide are important to ask how we decide to answer those questions, the empirical models that we use to test those questions, test our hypotheses, that is based on the researcher's lens and their read of the existing literature. And that is subjective based on their own experiences. What we call objective is actually a white racial lens. That is what we consider objective, but it is not objective. Um, So when scholars come in, and they come in with amazing ideas of the way that the world works and they want to test these ideas. Um, often what happens is that they are, especially at a university like Michigan that is predominantly white, um, historically white, they encounter resistance, saying that, you know, this is actually not real research or that it's um, not rigorous research, or that it's not research, you know, related to their field. Um, However, I think it's important to have a space like this because because science is is subjective and rigorous research, I believe, is interdisciplinary draws from multiple disciplines. No discipline has this monopoly on strong science that we need a space where scholars, junior scholars, as they're developing their ideas and their methods that they have a space where they are free to really build on the ideas that they came up with, their own their own lens, their own worldview. And I think it, that's why it's important. Um, it's important from two standpoints, the, that it's interdisciplinary and that it acknowledges the subjectivity and the importance of the subjectivity um, on research on racism, structural and cultural racism. And so to me, um, it's important for the research and progression of the scholars, but it's actually important to science as well um, as we build a literature on the ways in which racism affects health.
1: Health disparities and inequities and structural racism have been discussed more often than usual, likely in the past year with the COVID-19 pandemic and social justice movements. As someone who studies race in social sciences while integrating biological sciences, have you noticed anything of significance that you can share?
0: Well, so I think the most significant thing that I can, that as I've been watching COVID unfold is um, how surprised people are that there are inequities. But anybody who studies racism could have easily known that this was coming. And that one and and one thing that I would that I'm concerned about though is that we focus on COVID and the inequities that are coming out that are becoming visible through media coverage and um, because COVID is happening so fast, so we can actually see it in real time. Um, One of my concerns is that we will focus on COVID per se. And not the fact that COVID is actually a metaphor or a symbol of everything that has been happening for centuries. This is the same. It's just that COVID is fast and it's in the media. And so we see it. I worry that we will lose sight of what is driving COVID and thus what is driving all of the inequities.
1: Why is it important to keep talking about racism and health disparities and inequities after Black History Month, after the pandemic, after marches for social justice? Why is it, why is it important to continue these conversations?
0: So I think that it is important um, to, to discuss these things beyond Black History Month because um, Black Americans are not a niche in our society. Black history is American history, and Black Americans are Americans, you know, so it should be integrated into everything. Unfortunately, it's not. And so we have this month that we devoted to. However, when, you know, when we don't continue this conversation or continue pressing, um, then we lose sight of of the real drivers of these health inequities that that, um, we spend this month studying black history, studying black literature, studying um, racial health inequities. And then we go back to the way things are and we focus on individual behaviors or we focus on blame or we focus on, um, rather than focusing on the structure and the people and the, the, um, the way that private and public entities actually drive health inequities, we then turn to the way we always do things in the United States, which is to focus on the individual people who are at health risk. And so I do think that this is a conversation to have always because um, it is American life. Black life is American life.
1: From your recent symposium and other events, can you share what some of the takeaways have been to help address racism and the disparities that result from it?
0: So we just had our most recent symposium, but every year, um, you know, we do tackle a different theme under the topic of cultural and structural racism. I think that um, some key takeaways: first, we need to understand that um, the United States is one of the most amazing hypocrisies in the world. In that, we—it's not that we—the United States is the you know, the most racist or the most um, structurally unequal. What we do very well is that we are very hypocritical. So we have this idea that anyone can reach the American dream. You just need to work hard enough. It is up to you. And don't pay attention to all of the public and private investment that goes unequally everywhere. Um, But just work hard and you will reach this American dream. But Research in so many literatures, so many disciplines shows that that is actually not true. It is not true and it's not possible. Um, And so I think that our symposium helps really focus people on the fact that what the American narrative is, is completely different from what America is, what it really is. And um, the second thing I think that um, our symposium, our symposia tries to to address, and the key another key takeaway is that rather than continuing to document health inequities, so we know that there are health inequities, everybody knows it, we document it constantly. Now we need to actually move away from that, from documentation, to actual testing of innovative theories, interdisciplinary theories, testing of mechanisms, and that really based on cultural and structural racism that we need to test that is not about the interpersonal dislike. It is not about someone intending to do harm to another person. It is not about a dislike of some other group. It is about actually a structure that was built into our society hundreds of years ago That is operating to privilege one group over all others, and so it is actually operating the way it was intended to operate. And so I think now the takeaway is that we highlight at the symposia is research on cultural and structural racism and how that drives health so moving away from focusing on the individual moving away from focusing on interpersonal intent on dislike and focusing on a system, the state and, um, and a system.
1: Is there anything else that you want to share or add? I think that it would, if I were to
0: add anything, um, it would just be those those takeaway messages that we need to understand that the American narrative is actually not a true narrative and that um, when it comes to racial inequities in health, we need to now move and put our, keep our eyes focused on the state and public and private entities, those things that drive the inequities, rather than on the health behaviors, the healthcare access, all of these things at the individual level. We need to focus on the structure.
1: Thank you so much for joining Michigan Minds.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag
1: U-Mish Impact.